Before we jump into today's episode, I have some exciting news to share with you. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, do you have any tips to help our team while we're conducting our equity audits? Well, now I do. Get my brand new ebook, Three Essential Questions Every Equity Team Must Ask to Conduct Equity Audits That Make Real Change. It's your team's blueprint for action. Plus, the book comes with a cheat sheet guide at the end that can help your team use it to support your work. As I've been sharing it with folks, they've asked, well, is it $14.99 or is it $9.99? And you know what? I'm making it absolutely free. (laughs) That's right. I just want to get this information into the hands of the people who need it for absolutely free. To get your free copy, all you need to do is to go to equityaudits.com forward slash ebook. That's equityaudits with an S dot com forward slash ebook. Enter your name and your best email address and I'll send it to you right away. So grab your free copy now. All right. On to today's episode. Have you ever wondered how you might teach black history, not just in February, but all year long? Or have you ever wondered what if there was a framework that you can easily use to help you engage in this work in a profound and powerful way that is teaching black history? If you've answered yes to either of these questions, then you are in the right place. Hi, I'm Dr. Terrence L. Green. I'm a tenure professor and I've helped to prepare hundreds of racially just and anti-racist school leaders. And I want to help you. That's why I created this podcast to provide you and your team with real world insights and practices that work so that you can collectively build racially just schools. On today's episode, I talk about four ways that you could teach black history. And I know, you know, you have your state standards. Some of you may be in common core standards, but I still believe that this framework is very useful where no matter where you are and what you're doing, there's something that you can pick up around how you can be teaching black history, not just in February, but all year long. This episode is short, sweet, and to the point. I hope you enjoy it. And if you're ready to get into today's episode, we will in one second. But first, I have a special announcer. Welcome to the Racially Just Goals podcast with your host, Dr. Terrence Elgrade. He's my daddy, and he's the best. Let's go. You're listening to the Racially Just Schools podcast, the show that provides resources to help you and your team build racially just schools. Now, here's your host, Dr. Terrence L. Green. Welcome to the Racially Just Schools podcast. My name is Terrence L. Green, and I am your host. And yo, I am super excited and glad that you are here for today's episode. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that I think is super practical that you can literally use in your work right now. And so today I'm going to be talking about four ways that you can teach black history, four very practical ways that you, the people on your team, the folks in your school or in your district can think about teaching black history, not just in February or once a year. What are some ways to do it in some deeply powerful ways? So I'm super excited to share this with you today. So let's jump right in. Okay, today I'm going to be sharing with you 
four ways that you can teach black history. And to do so, I'm I'm drawing off of a framework that was created by Dr. James Bank, who is a emeritus professor at the University of Washington. And he actually wrote a book chapter, an article over 30 years ago in 1992 around four ways to teach about multicultural education. And while I won't be talking specifically about multicultural education, more than anything, I'm going to lift up this powerful framework that uh, Dr. Banks gave to us uh, to think about how we might start to teach in more powerful ways, particularly as we're going to be talking about here, content around black history. And so he lays out these these four powerful ways in which you can enter into this. But I think one of the first things is really setting up the importance of why we actually need to be teaching black history in schools and districts and in organizations broadly. But he talks about this, these three issues that emerge when you just teach the mainstream curriculum that has already been given, which is deeply racialized, right? We think that when you teach about critical race theory, then the curriculum becomes racialized. But no, it's already set on a default racial uh, setting, but it's so normalized that people don't see it. So he refers to this as a mainstream or Eurocentric way of curriculum. And there's a couple of issues when you just allow the curriculum to remain the way that has always been. Number one, it creates a false sense of superiority of those who have been centered as normalized. This is often folks who are are white, they're able-bodied, uh, they're typically, you know, male, they uh, uh, typically positioned as Christian. And so there's this normalization around, particularly in Western societies, uh, around that's the default setting of the curriculum. And when you don't disrupt that and when you don't interrupt that, it can create a false sense of superiority. But Dr. Banks also talks about this other important idea, limitation, when you just allow the curriculum that's been set on a default to perpetuate, it creates a uh, misleading concepts about the relationships between different uh, racial and ethnic groups, right? And, and in doing so, it can also often evade the, the systems of power and the hierarchies of power that are at play that create the dynamics between various racial groups. And he also talks about third, that when you just allow the mainstream curriculum to stay in place, that it denies the opportunities, it forecloses on the opportunities uh, from from people who have been centered as normal in the mainstream curriculum to benefit from the knowledge, the perspectives, the frame of references uh, that that black folks, that you know, Latinx, that native and indigenous folks bring to to our lived experiences and realities. And so what he does is he offers these four ways and these four approaches to think about how you might teach. And again, in his case, multicultural education. But I want to lift this up to think about these four approaches about how we might think about teaching black history, not just in February, but think about it being an integral part of how we engage in curriculum and instruction in schools and districts. So the first approach that Dr. Banks talks about is what he calls the contribution approach. And the contribution approach is typically schools and districts is their first attempt. It's the easiest approach um, that they could take to uh, start to teach about black history. And so what this typically looks like, it looks like inserting, you know, black heroes and holidays and cultural elements, you know, food, music and dance into the existing curriculum. So you will see these discussions of like Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, um, Cesar Chavez, uh, alongside mainstream white heroes. And But the thing about this 
particular approach, the contribution approach, this is more just like an add-on approach. So in other words, the primary and the main curriculum, it stays the same. And you, in many ways, kind of sprinkle in and add on a few black heroes and artifacts and holidays into the mix. And so, uh, but you often do so without really going into the meaning and the implications of of the artifacts, of the music, of the dance, of the food, of the people. And the thing about this that makes it so limiting again is that the mainstream curriculum it stays unchanged its goals its structures it remains intact and it remains in place and it and when when schools often engage in the contribution approach to teaching black history it often glosses over you know the resistance that black people engaged in the the ways in which oppression and racism shaped and continues to shape the everyday and lived experiences. You know, it 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 decenters people like Fannie Lou Hamer or it decenters folks like the Black Panthers, right? And so it talks about uh centering folks historically that may have been palatable to the status quo, right? And so the contribution approach is just adding in uh a few uh black folks in February or adding in a few black folks here and there, but the core of the curriculum and the core of, of, of instruction and the core of the content, it remains the same. And so this is the easiest and the, the, the least impactful and least powerful way to teach about black history, but it is one way and an entry point into this work. The second approach um, is what Dr. Banks calls the additive approach. Is the additive approach. This is when you add to the main curriculum, but you don't change it. So this typically looks like, you know, adding a book by a black author. So you might add the color purple or you add a lesson plan or a unit plan or uh, a particular part of a course curriculum is devoted to black folks and black history and and black ways of knowing and black ways of doing. And so the, the thing here is that th- you only add to the existing curriculum. Again, you're not trying to shift. You're not trying to change any of its goals, any of its assumptions, any of the approaches that that folks are engaged in around teaching and around learning. But you are now adding in, right? You are you are making room within the existing uh, content in the curriculum, but you are not moving anything around fundamentally and transformatively. Um, this in many ways, it seemed like, uh, the, the additive approach is like the black history becomes an appendage. Um, it becomes, uh, in addition to, and is not integral to the curriculum, right? So it is something that you just, you know, is included into it, but that which is included into it never changes. Right. And so it starts to move us further down the continuum, but the fundamental ways in which mainstream curriculum has been constructed, it remains unscathed, right? And so you're not just engaged in the contribution, but now there are lessons. Now there are entire units. Now there are books by black authors um, that are being included. But again, that which is being included to, it stays the same. The third approach is what Dr. Banks calls the transformative approach. And in the transformative approach, the goals, the structures, the 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 presuppositions and the assumptions of the curriculum, 
they're changed, right? And so now problems and 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 concepts and issues from several points of view are now being centered and now being central. And so now you start to problematize uh, what's happening in the curriculum. You start asking questions about things that are taken for granted. So when you hear terms and things like the Middle East, you start to say east of what, (laughs) right? Um, Because if I can ask the question east of what, it can now locate what is now centered, right? east of America, east of what is now supposed to be central, right? And so you start to ask these questions and you start to um, trouble and problematize the 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 concepts and even the structures and even the goal of, of curriculum. And so here now you start to have views from various perspectives and that's welcome. You embrace that. You know, so for an example, the example he gives in, in, this, in this piece is the America Revolution. You'll begin to see that from not just the perspective of the British, but you'll see it from indigenous and native folks who were already in in what is now known as America in the United States. You'll see it from the perspective of black folks, right? You'll understand it um, from the perspective of, of Latinx folks, right? You start to understand the multiple economic, social, racial realities of the American Revolution, but you don't just look at it through the eyes of the British. You start to problematize that and you start to see it from multiple perspectives, particularly centering black perspectives as we're talking about black history. This is interesting because recently my daughter, uh, you know, she she was at, at school and uh, one of the teachers was talking about how uh, George Washington was the, you know, the best president ever, was so amazing. And uh, she's like, Dad, I came home. Like, I want, I want to raise my hand and be like, "What? The best president ever? How did? Wh- what's up with Mount Vernon? You know what I mean? How did? How did he own over a hundred enslaved Africans? And there were over two hundred in Mount Vernon, right? But she said she didn't end up saying it. And so, one, it let me know that the the space that she was in, it was not a space that was welcoming for education, right? which is this transformative approach in some ways, because again, education teaches you to question society. It teaches you to, because again, we've said it many times on here. I love Jeff Duncan Adati's uh, quote here is that schooling teaches you your place in society. Education teaches you to transform society, but how can you transform a society that you cannot question? How can you transform a society that you cannot problematize? How can you transform a society when in school you're being socialized to one particular perspective, but you're not able to provide a counter narrative or a counter perspective to understand the same experiences. But this is what the transformative perspective is inviting us into is inviting us into understanding the world and the problems and the concepts and the ideas from multiple perspectives somebody said well i teach math how do you understand math from multiple perspectives how 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 do and how did indigenous folks practice mathematics you know how um did africans practice mathematics like you know mathematics is not some new concept that uh, arose during the enlightenment like people have been practicing forms of math and mathematics uh for millennia right and so how do we now through the transformative approach begin to center these multiple ways in which uh, africans and black folks understood math and understand math and in in english language arts and uh, physics and biology right so it's all there and so the transformative uh 
approach is important because now it starts to shift the cultural frames of fret of reference it shifts those cultural frames of reference to begin to center black folks and black perspectives and multiple perspectives as we think about is his original articulation of the transformative approach and it begins to provide complexity and nuance into things that were taken for granted and that were so normalized and finally the fourth approach is the social action approach. So the social action approach, it includes all of everything that was in the transformative approach, but here's the the thing that begins to differentiate it and distinguish it. It shifts power to students to make decisions and to and to act on the decisions in which they made, right? And so now, you know, before in the transformative approach, as we're thinking about, you know, these multiple perspectives and centering black experiences and black knowledge and, and, and black contributions and, and black ways of knowing and black cultural frames of reference, those are often typically generated and engendered from an adult, from the teachers. The shift now becomes in the social action approach is that the dynamics of power shift. So the the teachers become students and the students become teachers. And there's this dialectic. There is this dynamic, nimble, uh, multiple coexistence that the adults and the students and the young folks are taking within that particular space. But the social action approach is transferring and shifting power so that students can be, can make decisions and then the decisions that they make, they can go and act on them. So now the goal in the social action approach is that the goal of education is for social action. It is, it is for political efficacy. It is to, to, to teach and to prepare young people on how to engage in decisions, but how to begin to act on those decisions in which they engage. And, and in the, the social action approach, it is to help young people, is to help students to develop their knowledge and their skills to participate in social change, right? And so it, a few episodes ago, I believe episode 41 um, had Dr. Danny Doyle Morales on and, you know, talking about the ways in which he teaches science and social justice science and, and connecting the ideas of how we think about uh, science and, and, and math and biology to larger social justice initiatives and agendas to impact and to change the society and the world in which young people are living in. And this is in many ways what the social action approaches is aiming to do it is to prepare young people to engage in social action to make change and changes around the society and the world in which they are in and and in this way is centering black youth it is centering black young folk who have questions who have inquiry who have things going on in a society and their lived experiences and how do we start to think about using curriculum how do we start to think about using uh, instruction and pedagogy as a vehicle to continue to prepare them to engage in social action to change the world and so one of the things about the social action approach is that it begins with a a problem or question that is generated from the young people and they begin to engage in inquiry and collect data around that and as they collect data and inquiry around that they begin to think about now how do we take what we're learning and begin to act 
on it to make a change. So for an example, to be practical. So, you know, one of the, you know, the question may be, you know, uh, how does racism play out in our school, right? And so that question becomes a, 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 a inquiry question that young folks may have, black folks may have, and that becomes now the, the a primary source for the ways in which we engage the curriculum. And that question right there, that question can be taken up in a math class because now I can start to calculate uh, the number of suspensions. I can now and, and I can disaggregate that by race. I can now start to look at who's in talented and gifted and who's in special education. I can disaggregate that by race. I can understand the ways in which black people understand the, the culture and the climate in the school or in the district and black adults and folks who are non-black, how they how they experience it. Right. I can take the same question, not only in math, but I could take take it over to science right and start to think about what are what are some of the content blocks and the the information that we're learning in science that reinforces negative stereotypes and reinforces dynamics of of cultural racism and epistemological racism right i could take that same thing over into health and pe and i could start to think about what does lifespan look like for for black young people in the neighborhood and in our school i can look at that longitudinally i can look at that um historically i can do some predictive forecasting right and so now i'm I am not thinking about instruction and curriculum in an isolated fashion, even though that's how schools are typically set up, where you have, you know, PE there. You might have science here. You might have ELA here. You might have math here. But I can now start to make the connections about how all these content areas begin to integrate around the problems of practice that the young people are putting forward. Well, I hope you got something out of that. I want to keep it short, sweet, and to the point, but I, I I highly recommend and encourage you, and I'll link it in the show notes, to go back to Dr. Banks' original piece and to read that piece and to start to think about, you know, one, where are we in my school or in my district or in my organization for how we teach and engage with, with black history, right? Are we, you know, in a uh, the country? the contribution approach is that where we are are we uh more so in the additive approach are we in the transformative approach and are we in the social action approach now one of the things is that you can be in multiple places at the same time right and so this is not like a, a linear static framework is highly dynamic is highly organic and you know one of the things that uh dr banks talks about in the piece like you know typically you you're not going to see somebody go from a contribution to a social action like overnight it typically doesn't happen it doesn't mean it can't happen but it is to calibrate the reality of what people are dealing with when they're in schools and so this is a piece that I will highly encourage you on your grade level team, on your content level team, on your vertical team, on your leadership team and your school board, whatever team you're on to start to think about, number one, where are we? And then number two, how might we start to move towards the social action approach and the work that we're engaged in? Hey, I hope you got something out of it. Um, I, it's, it's practical. I love to hear your feedback and I love to understand and learn more about the ways in which you are taking this up. So. Hope you got something. And uh, in the words of old Marty Marr, I'll see you when I see you next time. Peace. Well, that is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you enjoyed it. And I am so excited and really looking forward to our time together during future podcasts. 
what I need you to do is to please hit the subscribe button, share with a friend, and please leave a review. Love reviews. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to www.raciallyjustschools.com. That is www.raciallyjustschools.com. When you join our community, I have a free video for you on three tips that will make your racial justice work better. And again, if you love the show, hit subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. And until next time, peace.